Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers, and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Morning America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. 
Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it. Go to zibbyowens.com. Kwame Mabalia is back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Black Boy Joy, 17 stories celebrating black boyhood. Kwame is a husband, father, writer, number one New York Times bestselling author, and former pharmaceutical metrologist in that order. He is the author of the Tristan Strong trilogy, The Last Gate of the Emperor duology, and Black Boy Joy, an anthology of 17 stories celebrating black boyhood. His work has received numerous starred reviews and a Coretta Scott King honor. A Howard University graduate and a Midwesterner, now in North Carolina, Kwame survives on dad jokes and Cheez-Its. Welcome, Kwame. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Black Boy Joy, the instant number one New York Times bestseller edited by you, 17 stories celebrating Black boyhood. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to get into it. Oh, yay. Okay, tell me the whole story of this collection. Tell me how you got everybody to participate, how you picked everybody, when you decided you wanted to do this, when you found time to do this with all your other books, blah, 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 the whole thing. So it actually started before Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky had even been published. It was like June of 2019, and I was at a conference. I think I was at the ALA, the American Librarian Association Conference in Washington, D.C., and I just saw all of my favorite people there. So I remember Justin A. Reynolds, myself, Gordon C. James, who isn't in the book, but who is a wonderful picture book author, Jerry Craft. I feel like I'm missing somebody, but I know the four of us for sure. We went and grabbed lunch. Jerry was sketching, I want to say he was sketching what would become Class Act, you know, the sequel yes, to yes. New Kid. And we were just watching him. We were just chatting. And I was like, you know, we all write for kids. We're all Black men. I would love to just do something, right? Like, I love short story anthologies, both from a craft perspective and from an enjoyment perspective, because they're like bite-sized, you know, vignettes of a story that you get to experience. And then from a craft perspective, you get to use them to when I'm working with them, to practice on different elements of dialogue or character building or world building. I mean, I love to use them with young writers because, you know, studying a giant book can be intimidating, but you give them a five-page short story and you you tell them, hey, today we're just going to focus on character and how we can create a fully fleshed out, believable character. And they're into it. So I met, you know, I I was there with all my faves. Lamar Giles was there. Um, I saw him. I ran into Jason Reynolds. I got to sit in on the Coretta Scott King Author Awards, which was amazing the year before Tristan was honored. It was so cool just to be in the room with all of these, you know, legends and listen to them and talk to them. And I saw so many of my favorite people. I was like, I, and I was talking to my agent and I was like, man, I would love to write something about Black Boy Joy with, with us. And just as the concept, right? And she was, yeah, that's amazing. Of course, at the time, Tristan hadn't come out yet. The sequel hadn't been written yet. So she was, you know, we were like, hey, you know, we still have all of this stuff we need to do. And then 2020 rolled around. We were in the pandemic. Brianna Taylor was murdered. George Floyd was murdered. 
And there was just all of this pent up rage. And something that I've always noticed is that the cameras are always on. I feel like are always on black people when we are at our worst, when we are suffering, when we're, you know, in pain, the cameras always catch that, but they never catch those moments of joy, right? The person who has, you know, the little kid who's been trying to hit a backflip, you know, and finally does it, or the person who, you know, ties their shoe for the first time, right? Or the little girl who dresses herself and steps outside successfully, you know, ready to start. Like, there are no cameras capturing the little moments of joy. So I wanted to write a book that I could hand to, you know, a young Black child and be like, listen, we see you in your moments of joy. We recognize that. And I think it was important for it to be an anthology because joy is different for every individual, right? And so I wanted 17, I call them uh, pathways. I wanted us to show seven paths that we can navigate towards joy because me moving towards my joyful place is completely different than what may, may be for you or what it may be for my children, right? Joy exists in different forms for everyone. And so having this anthology of 17 short stories, having all of my favorite people contributed to it, have it, have it, you know, be male and non-binary, you know, male presenting authors and have it focus on a black lived experience was incredibly important. And my agent was just like, you know what, I think, I think it's time. And, you know, we, we pitched it. Publishers loved it. We eventually went with Delacorte and, and Penguin Random House. And the rest is history. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I'm so glad you did it. And it was so interesting to read all the different stories and perspectives. Why did you decide to divide your own story into the, you know, part one, part two, part three, sort of over the course of the interspersed with the other stories? It was, I was trying to think about what I wanted to write. And I knew that I wanted to tie everything together. And so I'm a fan of, you know, one of my favorite, two of my favorite stories, The Never Ending Story and The Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. Both of those are stories about a story being told, mm -hmm. right? They're encapsulated in this experience of reading a story. And so I wanted to sort of do the same thing. I wanted it, you know, I wanted to somehow... I call it the MCU. I want it the the uh, Embalia Creative Universe. <laughs> I wanted to tie all of this joy together somehow, and I didn't know what method to, you know, how how it was going to happen. Like I knew I wanted we we wanted to move from a funeral to a birth, right? Because it was important for me to show that movement from grief to joy, like, and how we can transition between the two. But it wasn't until I was just sitting down with my, with my newborn. And I think she was, she was five at the time, my kindergartner. And we were just blowing bubbles. And there is, I don't know if there's a more, maybe fishing, except I don't like bugs. And there are a lot of bugs fishing. <laughs> I don't know if there's a more serene act than just blowing a bubble. And I was like, this is, you know, I have my little, my top, my, uh, my baby at my feet, just, you know, blowing his own spit bubbles. I have my kindergartner jumping around trying to pop them. And I was like, this is joy for me. And that's when it really was like, you know, we have to have some, you know, joy bubbles up and we're going to collect that. And we're going to deliver it as a present, as a birth, you know, as a birth present for this new child, a way to collect all of the joy of the people that care 
and the people that might not even know you exist. But I feel like it's something like almost like giving back towards the planet. Like when you're joyful and you spread that joy, it goes out and someone collects it, someone who needs it at that moment. So it, I think that's when the real, the framing story really cemented itself in my mind. I was like, okay, we're going to collect the joy from these different stories. And at the end, I'll deliver it to someone who needs it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Joy is contagious, right? When you're around somebody, I mean, look at that big smile. You're like, just you got <laughs> dimples and smiling and I'm smiling with my dimples. I mean, people just would feel so joyful being here with us. So hopefully it'll come through the sound waves. <laughs> but you really captured that really well in the book too. And I think I was drawn to this graphic novel towards the end by Jerry Craft because my kids are I mean, I know you met my son before he just left, but I once had to accost Jerry Craft at, at like the Brooklyn Book Festival. I was like, could you please like sign a book for my son? He's such a big fan. But anyway, at the beginning, he writes, my dad says that some people don't want to see my joy. I wish that wasn't true. But when you look at books and movies and stuff, they make you think that kids like me are always angry or sad, like we're the only ones who ever feel that way. But it's not just us. Everyone is sad or mad sometimes, Right. These same eyes that get all teary when I'm sad also see all the beautiful things around me. But there's no movie about that. Dad says we have to make our own movies to show the world that the same mouths that pout when we're angry also kiss our moms goodnight. People need to see that too. Anyway, I want to read the whole thing, but people should just go buy the book and read the rest. But <laughs> but that I feel like that really captures what many of these stories give as a message, which is like, let's go deeper, right? I mean, it's so funny. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but right now is right after this Jubilee and Queen Elizabeth. I don't know if you looked at these crazy pictures of their youngest child who's just like making faces and all the time. And we're like, wow, he must be like that all the time. But like, we don't know that. That's all we got to see. Similar to what you're saying, when you have focus on a person or a thing at a certain time, then that you extrapolate that to mean everything when that's completely not true. I mean, if you, <laughs> if somebody only knew me based on how I interact in my kitchen before we all have to get out the door for school every morning, they would never want to talk to me again. And they would think I was a raging lunatic. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. And harnessing all the the wonderful memories or moments even is just absolutely critical. So I loved that. I mean, it's true. The saying goes, you know, you don't judge a, judge a book by its cover or, you know, appearances can be deceiving. And yet, you know, people will form opinions about other people, you know, snap judgments just off of, you know, a 30 second TikTok video or, you know, a tweet that goes viral or anything. Sometimes, you know, yes, maybe we're, we're that is accurate representation. I am very discombobulated if I don't have coffee, you know, <laughs> like that is that is a fair judgment to make. If you meet me before I make my morning coffee, uh, that is part of who I am, but it's not the whole of who I am, right? And I think people don't either put themselves in a position or even want to view the whole, right? Because that shatters, you know, some preconceived notions. If you don't in interact, if you don't mingle, if you don't share lies with someone, it's hard to visualize their whole. But I think we all have to make that attempt, right? No matter where we are and what spectrum um, or what side of light, you have to make an attempt to see the whole. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just, you know, creating and living and just making decisions based off of what we see on the surface when we know it goes much deeper than that. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we go back to the coffee? Because this is now the, the second or third time it's come up. How do you take your coffee in the morning? What is it you do? What do you put in it? How do you, what do you like? How many, and how many cups do you have a day? Let me start with the second question first, because that's probably people are going to judge me less for that. <laughs> so typically, like if it's in the, you know, any time but the summer, for some reason, I don't know, I'll have like one big, I don't use mugs. I use travel mugs just because they keep, they hold the heat longer and I can sip it. I feel, for, for me, if you have a mug of coffee, like you have to drink it within the first five minutes yeah. or it just cools off too quickly for me. So I make a big a travel mug and that's typically the, on, the, the only coffee I'll drink because it's enough. It's like, I don't know, maybe two, two and a half cups or so. However, recently, you know, as it's gotten hot, an iced coffee right around 2 p.m. or so, any later than that, and it starts to mess with my, my digestive system. But like right around 2 p.m. When, after you've eaten lunch and everything and it's warm and you're sitting outside, an iced coffee has really like started to be my go-to. Like, all right, I've got my second win. I can be more productive now. Let's jump into it. Because between the hours of like two and four, like when I, the kids are out for summer vacation now, but like four o'clock, they'd be getting home from school. I have to go get the, uh, the littlest from daycare. Between two to four, I'd be like, oh, I can really just, you know, be lethargic, go take a nap. But I get that iced coffee. I'm like, all right, you know, we're cleaning our house. We're doing my writing. As for how I take the coffee, I actually, the only coffee I've ever drank black like nothing no additives was in switzerland i don't know i think it was the water uh-huh. that they brewed the coffee with but it was absolutely fantastic otherwise i like to tell people i drink caffeinated sugar milk because of how much creamer neither it's, it's usually a, either a caramel macchiato or a hazelnut creamer that i will add coffee to and that's that's what i drink <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, the three o'clock hour. 
I'm with you. I try to pair it with some chocolate covered almonds, like dark chocolate mm. almonds and a, and a warm mm-hmm. cup of coffee. That that takes me at least to dinner time. Anyway, okay, back to the book. So let's talk about short story as a form for two seconds because mm-hmm. it is really hard to write a good short story. And it may seem like it's way easier than writing a novel. But according to Lee Newman, who's my business partner at Zippy Books, she is like, no, 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 no. Like you need to get every sentence right. It is so much more challenging, especially a whole collection. And although, although these are by various authors, it's the same thing. Tell me about your, the difference for you and like what you have to think about when you're crafting a short story and how you like what makes a great short story to you and how do you do it? Well, for me, for me, and every, everyone's different, but for me, traditionally a short story has, you know, way fewer characters, maybe, you know, one or two, three at the most, way fewer set changes. If you think of it as like a movie or theater, like it's the stories unfolding either in one place or one, one person is carrying us through, you know, different places, but typically there's fewer set changes, fewer setting changes. And there is a, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a, a great like analogy or whatever, like a short story would, or a, a novel would be like a whole roller coaster ride. You know, you have that slow climb up to the top, and then you're zoom, you're whipping. There's some, you know, loop-de-loos, you're changing, and you finally, you coast to the end, right? Whereas a short story would be that moment you start right before the first drop, and then you descend, right? Sometimes, I'm just going to keep going with this analogy, sometimes you make it all the way, (laughs) And you hurdle through to, you know, the next flat period before the rise. Sometimes there are really great stories who stop mid-descent, right? You're hurling forward and it and it works. And you stop suddenly and you're like almost out of breath as you finish the short story. And it really depends on, on the type of story that you're trying to tell, whether it's genre, whether it's contemporary or just a literary fiction short story. But uh, for me, it's like it's an abbreviated slice out of someone's life that we're we're just capturing this brief moment right if you didn't know any you know my my short story in the the collection the griot of grover street you know we have a it's even though it's stretched out one parts one parts two parts three over the entire book we're really looking at maybe two hours out of 42 jones life right we start with him devastated at a funeral and we end with him accepting new responsibility and stepping, you know, into this, this new role that he's accepted. But it's really just two hours of his life. And we are witnessing the change that occurs within him within these two hours. And that's what I like to think when I write a short story, we are abbreviating that tale until we just see that moment of change, right? We see a brief glimpse of the before, maybe we see the after, but it's really that moment of change that we're focused on. And that's what I like to tell young writers when when we're, you know, writing our short story. I'm like, pick, you know, which is why, you know, I love using um, uh, fan fiction as a tool for writing short stories because you have the characters, you know, there are, you don't have to build the characters. The readers are already familiar with them, with the setting, you know, maybe even with some of the obstacles, right? And we can just focus on a moment of change in their life that that usually distills it for the young writers and makes it easier for them to conceptualize, you know, what the short, because the worst thing that could happen was you start writing a short story and then keep going, 
and you keep going and you're like, I don't know how to end this, right? But if we can just focus on that moment of change and then them stepping out with that, accepting that change, it makes it a little bit easier. I feel like the short story is to the novel, like a pop-up shop is to like a giant mall or something or a giant, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just like the best, like it's like the curation of all the high points and things you really want people to know and see. You have to put it Mm -hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Shopping analogy. You go to the amusement park. I'm going to go to the store <laughs> and, you know, somehow we'll get this message across. Do you remember the first short story you wrote? Because I know mine was finders, keepers, losers, sweepers when I was in third grade about a pair of twins. Yep. Mine, it was a short story that I was going to turn into a comic, but I can't draw. So it just remained a short story. I actually had a several, I had several short stories that I would write when I was younger, just because I didn't know how to write a full novel. And so I would just, you know, I would have like a summary of the story. Uh, Like, oh, this is such and such. She works here. They do this. They live here. And then one day, blah. And then I would just talk about that one day because I didn't know how to write the before or the after. But I wrote a short story about a a superhero named Emok. And he was way overpowered, better than Superman, better than Batman, devilishly handsome. And it didn't, of course, people are like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. When I tell them that Emok was just Kwame spelled backwards. Mm. But it was probably the best short story I've ever written that no one else will ever read in their life. Wow. Okay, last question. How are you going to find joy today? Today? Oh, man, that's that's difficult. I'm in the middle of revising what will be my next middle grade fantasy adventure series, the start of it. So it's like paranoia mixed with dread mixed with, you know, just fear that, you know, hopefully, you know, readers will like this one as much as they like the last trilogy. But I may look forward to, let's see, it's 930 where I am at now. I think we'll say one. 1 p.m. I'm going to, there's a little tiny uh, coffee shop about a mile away from me. If I get all of my revisions done, you know, up to that point, like don't get sidetracked. Today is also, yeah, today's Tuesday. So this new book day, there's some great books that came out. So I got to hold off. But if I can make to 1 p.m., I will treat myself to a delicious iced coffee and I will just sit outside on the patio with the sun on my face and just breathe for about 10 minutes. That'll be where I find my joy. Oh, that sounds really nice. (laughs) Well, you can pick up some chocolate covered (laughs) almonds too, and you can think of me. And that inspired me to try to do something similar. I feel like I'm not going to get outside at all today and it's a beautiful, beautiful day. So, all right, here's to finding joy and uh, showing all sides of us and, you know, hyper curation of emotion and story and all of that. So anyway, thank you so much, Kwame. Good luck with your edits and all that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.